0: Welcome to episode forty-four of Entertainment of Excellence, the podcast where we talk about films, TV, all of it. Hi, I'm Molly.
1: I'm Tom. And I'm Ben.
0: And today we're talking about the 2021 miniseries. It's a sin. This will contain spoilers.
1: Yeah, that's Um. So, it's a sin. Follows a group of uh, young rascals, (laughs) group of young characters, basically just living in London throughout the AIDS crisis of the eighties. I think it goes into the the nineties a tiny bit, like nineteen ninety and ninety one, maybe. Yeah, the very. Um, So. Uh, how do you want to go through? Do you want to go through episode by episode like we did for Haunting of Hill House?
2: May as well. I it guess it won't
1: take as long because there's only five episodes.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Go on. What have you two take the lead to? Because I watched
2: this a few weeks ago. So... <sighs> okay. Um... So it, the series starts out by introducing the, the the thing that's most confusing about the show is um it starts out introducing 3 of the main characters um but there's like fourth and fifth ones that appear like in the first episode that become like vital throughout the show so it introduces it like it's the story of 3 people but it's actually more the story of like 4 plus people uh those 3 people are Richie um who was born on the Isle of Wight and moves to London um, uh, played by Ollie Alexander Uh, Roscoe um, who comes from like a really conservative uh, black family um, and who leaves home because he's gonna get taken back to like, was it Ghana to, to, to like get converted or something um and then Colin, who's like a shy Welsh kid, um, who's uh, staying in a bed and... He's like, it, it's not a bed and so you breakfast. you mean Colin! Colin!
1: Welsh accents are amazing.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, he's like um, someone's a lodger. And all of them are gay, um, in case you hadn't guessed. Uh, because it's about the AIDS crisis. Yeah. Um, so they they all basically the first episode is just introducing all the characters, and then they end up moving in together in this place called the Pink Palace. Um, so they live together along with a girl called Jill, um, and oh, I've forgotten the other guy's name. Ah. Ash. Ash. Yeah. Yeah, and Ash. Um, uh... I think
1: I think the reason it introduces those three characters specifically is that their families actually play a role whereas with yeah. Jill and mm. Ash true. Uh, you don't really see much of that. Well, Jill's parents turn up at one point, but they're not really as vital to the story.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, true. You get a bit of um, background for Jill because you can obviously see that her um, parents, they're sort of supporting her with the AIDS protests in, I think, the fourth mm. episode. But you don't really learn too much about Ash, his, ba- his background, apart from sort of like the, the generalisation of uh, sort of the, the comments. I can't remember who says it, but sort of like trying to uh, sort of judge him on his religion, which isn't necessarily the case. But you don't really get to see much uh, like whether his parents are accepting of it or not
2: yeah mm. and so and throughout the first episode it's shown that like they live a sort of very raunchy lifestyle where they'll um they'll like have sex with lots of different people um because do they live do they live like on a flat above like a pub or something
1: yeah well it's not all because colin doesn't and um... Uh, Jill doesn't. I don't think it, it's mm. said to be all of them. I think yeah, it's it mainly display, Richie and Yeah, I think it tries to display, like, a range of gay lifestyles to also show, like, you know, there isn't just one gay like type, if that makes sense. Yeah, especially yeah. like
2: Colin. Um, mm. He's very much, like, very reserved and uh, he'd only, like, had sex with one person I think. That and mm. oh we'll talk a bit more about that when when it comes yeah. up later in the story. Um what do you think of the opening episode?
1: I thought it was pretty solid in introducing all the characters. Uh and
2: yeah,
1: Yeah, I think it was solid opener. Neil Patrick Harris is good in it.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Because I'd say this one deals more with the characters, and then like the threat of age is starting to emerge. Because at the end of this mm. episode, you do see the first person die, and then um, it's sort of that. Well, it kind of takes that structure for the for the majority of the episodes, where they sort of end with this shocking death that, um, in many ways, sort of embodies this uh, sort of fear that was around in the 1980s, and this. Well, I think in a later episode, you see somebody come into one of the gay bars and sort of hand out information. And he's arguing that, no, I'm not trying to be judgmental or I'm not being, you know, I'm not trying to have a negative stance of this. I'm just trying to protect you. So it's sort of these yeah. stereotypes that aren't necessarily always malicious in nature, but they're. They're also not entirely true. Like later, you see, the a lot of the advertisement that, well, not advertisement, but like the, the awareness from the government, like the "Don't Die of Ignorance" thing, was uh, sort of trying to promote the idea that it was it could be uh, it could infect anybody. So it was trying to destigmatize that, um, like its inherent connotation with the AIDS community
2: yeah and the first death is um so colin gets this job um with the tailors um and he seems to really enjoy it and because he finds i've forgotten the character's name but uh neil patrick harris's character um the boss is a bit creepy um but the neil patrick harris kind of takes him under his wing um and you find out that he's gay as well, and he sort of becomes, I guess, a father figure to him. Um, and then towards the end of the episode, like he is ill with AIDS, um, and that's how you're really introduced to it, because he's sort of isolated in this hospital ward. Um, people won't go in or out, so they'll just drop food off, um, because they think it's like infectious and stuff. Um, and at the very end you just see like his body being disposed of and um that's that was quite emotional.
0: Yeah. Something else you see in this in terms of the characters, it's sort of a bit of foreshadowing to what's to come later in the last episode especially. But when you see Richie going to, to visit his parents and he's sort of setting up this um well, you presume that he's gonna, you know, come out as gay, or, um, but as soon as he arrives, it's already, you're already cringing a bit where they're sort of looking at, um, what's she called? I've completely forgotten their name. Jill. Yeah, they're kind of looking at Jill and like, oh no, we accept everybody in this house, but then you find out that he's actually coming to tell them that he's switching courses to English and drama, I think, and,
2: and yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, no drama, get a job. No. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, and then I'll just talk briefly about this now. Like, the, it seems, um, at the start it's presented that Richie's mum is quite accepting of, because I, none of, neither of them know that he's gay. Um, she seems to be quite supportive of, like, him, his career. Um, well, she she was a bit sceptical at first, but, like, certainly as things go along, she's supportive of his career. She's, like, offers him money. Um, and the dad's, like, sort of that uh, conservative, patriarchal type um, who'd rather he just go into, is it law? Um, yeah, yeah. And become like a provider and uh, sort of fit the stereotypically, the classically masculine role, um, which Richie just did not want to do. Um, So it seems like he he was sort of the toxic masculine type and the mother was more accepting, um, although the dynamic may change as the story progresses. Given this Ooh. may contain spoilers, Ooh. Ooh.
1: <laughs> there is a high probability
2: that this contains spoilers. <laughs> Done. Cool. Um. Anything else you'd like to say? Should we move on to the next one? Let's move on to the next episode, Ben. Yeah. Done. Um. <laughs> cool. So, oh, the next episode. You have to remind me what happens in like two and three because I kind of get them merged together. Is this the one? Um,
0: this is the one that deals more with uh, Grizzle and that. Yeah, thing. Gloria. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so. Uh,
1: so, yeah, Jill has to like l- take care of him and also keep the fact that he's got AIDS a secret. Yeah, uh, yeah, because it, and it in... kind of shows like how you know the stigma of or not the sti- just the lack of information about AIDS and all these precautions that everyone is taking to try and keep safe, like Jill wearing gloves and not going anywhere near him, uh, l- like leaving meals by the door and stuff like that, and then later on when I think his parents go to get him. Like they they're really hostile towards Jill, for looking after him.
2: Yeah, and yeah.
1: seem to almost like blame her for him getting AIDS. And yeah, I I think Awful it was a very oh, it was a very like angry time of where people not really knowing why it was happening. I guess looking for people to blame when really there's there wasn't much to blame because people just didn't have information. Yeah, it's um, sort of that lack um, of information. It's, it's literally just a disease, yeah,
2: so... Like the lack of information sort of breeding, uh, like, prejudices, uh, stereotypes, and mm. sort of resentment towards people. Because um, in the first episode, like, there's like a whole monologue where Richie's just... In denial that it exists. It's like, how could a disease target only gay people? Can it, um, yeah, does it detect your homosexuality and then infect you? Um, which is
1: also a fair stance to take because that is how like the media was spinning it,
2: yeah. And also, like, it, it know, like, says only it, gay men are dying, it says it causes cancer and cancer isn't infectious. So, how is yeah. it real? And at this point, it was only yeah. really a thing in America, um.
1: Uh, which also in this episode, Colin does go to New York. Oh no! On a work trip. Oh no! <laughs>
2: <laughs> this creepy. I assume boss. you didn't like that scene. <laughs> oh no!
0: It's just. I, I like the way that um, this is probably credit to the writing because it, it he's presented as really creepy and his old always makes you feel really <laughs> uncomfortable on edge. We're this is the about owner, the, that, uh, here, the yeah. boss of
1: Colin, by the oh, way. Oh no!
0: And um. But at the same time, there's always that element of doubt. Like, is that just meant to sort of be the way that it's shown, and he's not actually like this? But then, near the end of well, the first thing you see is him getting fired as soon as he returns, and then right at the end of the episode, you have like this montage where he's being arrested in a public <laughs> bathroom. So
2: yeah, you're kind of like <laughs> Collins.
0: Explicit.
2: Collins are quite a shy guy. He might like have anxiety. Um. Is this really what's going on? And then at the end of the episode, the boss just gets arrested for, like, <laughs> having sex with a girl behind, like, a, a shed or something. It's like... Oh, uh, yeah. I
1: forgot about that. But, <laughs> but, but this but... episode is also... Because Colin was told by Jill to go and find information yeah. on AIDS because they knew more in America. And it's one of those where the boss is, like, coming onto him. It's really creepy. Then he sees the, like, AIDS stuff. And then he's just and then like... he seems so to realise that he's gay and then gets put off. It's really weird. Well, is it that he's it's gay kind of like,
2: or is it because he has AIDS? No. Uh, oh, that's
1: true, actually. Because... But then as soon as he, like, gets back, he f- fires Colin or they let him go. They're like, oh, his apprenticeship's over. Yeah. And I... they won't say why. And it's obviously just because he's gay. Like, you know, it's still... Because it, Colin that really annoyed me because Colin did such a great job and loved it. Yeah. And yeah, them firing him I was like oh.
2: I mean, <laughs> I kind of read that more as he was like he might have aids and that's why they fired him because he was maybe infectious or something. Um because at that point mm. um it was starting to creep into the UK obviously with like um Gloria um who He's just kind of like he he doesn't want to leave his house, see what he wants Jill to like get him stuff and drop it off wearing gloves distanced from him. Um remind me when this was written again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this was written I know it was written
1: before Philip Schofield came out as gay, so True a while ago. <laughs> yeah. I only know that because there's a line in this where they say something about like Wishing Philip Schofield was gay, and they're like, Oh, it's it's a real shame that he isn't. And Russell T Davis thought that was no, a safe was, line to put in because was, there were um, rumors around, but also he was married, so he assumed that <laughs> it,
2: it was he assumed uh, he wouldn't come out. the line was like, Famous people who are secretly gay, <laughs> it was yeah, like, You yeah. know who else? Yeah. Philip Schofield,
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, Russell T Davis is pretty prophetic, like, not only did he <laughs> sort of well. If we wrote this like before the the COVID pandemic and stuff, there's a lot of resemblances there. And then obviously the Philip Schofield thing was just more of like a subtle <laughs> uh, like, prediction. But I also like the fact that I might be reading too deep into this, but to me, I felt that like the pink palace and that mug, the pink mug, was quite symbolic of the change in attitudes because. at the start you sort of have this um really um you know it's sort of like carefree and uh it's a bit like you just do what you want and I think we'll come back to what Richie says in the final episode but he's sort of saying that he, he doesn't want it to be covered up as him having cancer or pneumonia he wants it to be said that it's AIDS because that sort of makes people uh, think of all the fun that he had so you know you have that at the start but then you see um this mug being broken and thrown away which sort of embodies a lot of that fear that because uh Gloria comes and uses it which you could say is a bit irresponsible but I think it was sort of viewed as a Like if you have it, then you're definitely gonna die. So, um,
2: yeah,
0: yeah, it's just like the change in attitudes.
2: You can definitely tell he's the English student here. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, I can, I can definitely see that. Um, Just trying to think what else happened this episode. Uh, So was this the one where?
1: Well, uh, Colin will have um, started up his new job. He he, it ends with colin having a seizure doesn't it
2: yeah that's yeah so colin has this new job at a printing place um and then the episode ends with well he's uh his boss is really happy with him and he seems very happy at the job so the boss is like yeah i'm gonna give
1: you the keys extremely excited at being able to open up early in the morning it's <laughs> just like do you get paid
2: more N- no <laughs> <laughs>
0: but but uh, <laughs> responsibilities sure and more money that's that's yeah.
2: cool. It's like, oh, he's, he's like so he's like so cute and then like he gets Colin a seizure at the ep- end of the episode. Yeah. Um, which leads which... on to...
1: Episode 3. Whoa, episode 2 leads on to episode 3. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> well, let's talk about episode 3 then. Guess what Colin has? Eight. Oh! <gasps> Because
2: um, he does. The, there's so there's no Colin history gets... of epilepsy in his family and he yeah. gets uh tested and he has the aid.
1: Yeah, and they he gets kept in like an awful hospital where no one goes in. Um and he's like left all alone and then so they get some lawyers to try and help him get transferred to a normal hospital. I believe. Yeah. Uh, so that's part of it. And then you kind of see the deterioration of his mind, which, oh, which yeah, is extremely distressing to watch. Yeah.
2: It's like, um. personally, I didn't know much about the AIDS crisis before this. I just knew that there was an outbreak um amongst gay people, and it was a mm. disease that was fatal. But, like, watching that and, like, than thinking this would have happened to, like, thousands if not millions of people in real life. Like, that that was just kind of harrowing to think about. Like, because, first of all, he kind of starts, like, l- losing memories. His mind's a bit fuzzy. And then as it gets towards the end, his, like, boundaries just go completely. He doesn't know what's acceptable and what's not. So there's like, this awful scene where he's, like, uh, tells Richie that he always found him attractive and then, like, touches himself a bit uh, yeah. in front of everyone. And the nurses are just like, Right, okay, I think we've had enough.
0: Yeah. And then, if you have to think that not only are they suffering from these symptoms, like a lot of them that are quite similar to other diseases, but some that are sort of so unknown, but it's that's also exacerbated by the fact that they're being treated as total outcasts and even you know you've got that really physical boundary the fact that they're not allowed to be visited by anyone just because they they don't know how easily it can spread and then just like yeah. the
2: their mind is just being the like the whole personality is just being eaten away as well it's like
1: it's and i i think a uh, part of this episode is also supposed to show which you did with the first episode as well that you know it's not just people, you know, going out and having sex with loads of uh, different people that get AIDS. Like, it affects people that are fairly reserved as well. Like, because obviously Neil Patrick Harris was married. Well, no, no they, they couldn't get married or have a they, they they have were... civil partner. It was a long term partner. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Colin obviously had only been with like one person. Yeah. Uh,
0: I did like that because. You've kind of—he's like the antithesis of the really promiscuous, uh, like Richie and um
2: Roscoe.
0: Yeah, Roscoe, and but like, and then you see Roscoe sort of same. He sort of resents the fact that he doesn't have AIDS because he's like, why am I oh. able to get away with this, and then why am I so lucky that? But then mm. someone I like lo- Colin, who it like he, is kind of presented as well what you assume is going to be like unrequited the him and the person else the other person inside the the B and eat but then you kind of get that flashback to reveal that you know he had he slept with one other person but it yeah it's kind of shown that scale of the different people that are suffering with it and not kind of just shown one side of the gay community
2: oh, i love that writing choice where um Roscoe is like the most promiscuous of the group, um, and also obviously, well, not Richie, but like, Roscoe is the most promiscuous and didn't have AIDS, and then uh, Colin, who's only slept with one person, did like that. That w- I love you, Russell T Davis. Like, I love you, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Something was, else yeah, because like guilt is, like...
1: was great, yeah.
0: Yeah. Something else that they set up in this episode that I thought was well, it was initially quite unexplained, but then you sort of understood it more and the next one was I think it was in this episode, the stuff with Steve and Fry and um
2: Oh yeah. Yes, it is this episode. And Roscoe.
0: Yeah, so like I didn't originally understand what that was, but then it does reveal it.
2: Yeah, so like Roscoe um like has sleeps with this man uh who's really rich um and he's like oh I'm moving up in society so he goes back to the house or well the like the suite where he lived. The and the palace. <laughs> oh, no. oh no maybe
1: the apartment okay.
2: Yeah yeah and he didn't he didn't live there. Um it was Stephen Fry's character was, um I don't know his name, but he was like a powerful politician. Um have heard at the end of the episode it's shown that like they're sleeping together now. Um, and that was a bit confusing, but as you said, it's explained more in the next episode. um, yeah, which we should go on to now mm. <gasps> what <laughs> Yeah, so um, just to uh, everyone the tips of the, uh, I don't know the phrase I can't be, I'm too tired. Everyone on the edge of their seat, that's it. Everyone at the edge of their yes. seat has to find out what it was. It was just... Um, the quote was something along the lines of you have to uh, dip your head in the dirt to smell the roses. Because, like, Stephen mm. Fry's straight and um, he his what? character what? is... Well, the character, <laughs> the character is straight. no. And,
1: no. <laughs> He's well, not. He says he he's... is. He's wrong. What? He's in denial. Well, like he says he's straight, he from... and
2: he has he has an erection for uh, Margaret, Margaret Thatcher. Thatcher. <laughs> 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 that was so funny.
0: Speaking of Margaret Thatcher, this was maybe my favorite episode, mm. maybe the last one actually, but um, because I liked the the political side of this um series uh so you you see thatcher who was like really openly homophobic and if you look at policies like clause 28 which you kind of see a bit of with uh that being enforced in schools um it was things that was that were overtly attempting to create this hostility towards the gay community and sort of align this disease directly with those people whereas as time goes on and like more so in the late 80s than the early 90s there's people like diana and uh the the don't die of ignorance thing that is trying to sort of destigmatize it so and then also at the end well near the end of this episode you've got the the protests which were you know fighting against uh the the fact that the drug companies are trying to sort of exploit the disease to get more profit so um I really liked the fact that it showed the political side of it but I'd kind of like to see that a bit more because um I know that this very much focused on the the reaction to the epidemic in the gay community but obviously age isn't something that only affects uh, those sort of people so I'd kinda of liked more of a range or the scope to see like different mm. reactions maybe, but I guess if you just providing one perspective then that's kind of does yeah. its purpose.
1: Another thing that this episode does as well is it kind of shows like police inciting violence in peaceful protests. Yeah. Uh you know, 'cause they're all lying down on the ground and then people call the police who basically just come in and instantly start Beating people with uh, batons and you know throwing them in uh, to police vans and it it shows how protests can turn violent without it being the fault of the protesters, which I think was also a good thing, which again became very relevant because of BLM protests and stuff like that. Like, Russell T Davis is just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe maybe you should get him to. Start predicting stuff, Nostradamus. Yeah, because that's
0: definitely that's definitely something you, that was quite prevalent in the eighties, with like the nineteen eighty four minor strikes and like the poll tax riot in nineteen ninety. So I think that's definitely it does provide an interesting but quite subtle criticism of the police and sort of their reaction to this. Well, you know the the protesters are very adamant that this is non violent. They're the ones like the police are the perpetrators of it,
2: yeah, because they were just chilling in the roads, you know. Um, okay, so this obviously
0: you'd see the reactions from the from like the general public are the kind of show this, um, this real stigma and animosity towards them that kind of was very pervasive, I'd say, in society, but. I guess so. That's sort of showing the difference between, well, not the difference, the similarities and parallels between the political side of it and the the more personal side in society.
2: Yeah, just a side note that's completely relevant. Um, the the slur bender really had me like rolling at the beginning because the f- the first thing I thought of was like, uh, a, m- a couple months ago I watched Avatar: The Last Airbender, um. <laughs> It's just like you benders. Oh. <laughs> but then, but then it gets even funnier because then when you watch Legend of Korra, there's like uh, a bit of uh, animosity towards benders, like element benders, in uh, in that as well. So that was that was funny. So that was a great experience
1: for you, was it? Did you... it was. Well will so see watch Korra after this, and you're like
2: <laughs> <laughs> Bender. <laughs> yeah um okay so on a completely different note this was the episode where Richie finds out that he has AIDS so Mm -hmm. the last episode um obviously after Colin uh they all went and got tested for AIDS uh Richie found out he no Roscoe found out he didn't have it uh neither did Ash um and they're all fine, apart from Richie, who didn't go into collector's results, which I guess I can kind of see because you like you, you'd rather like live in denial than like know that you've got it, and you, it's it's a death yeah, sentence. Yeah, he'd, he'd
1: also been with someone who he knew had AIDS. Oh, yeah, and
2: yeah. then this episode, mm-hmm. like after, um. Phoning people, phoning like a helpline. They're just like, please get tested. Um, he does. Um, and he has it, and he tells everyone after, like after they've all been arrested in the police van. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, was this the? Well,
0: it's got more like a more of an optimistic tone because he's saying, I wanted to tell you personally that I'm going to survive. Yeah, which, which is you know, obviously it doesn't happen but Did
2: you just spoil it. Honestly. Whoa. A disease that was we a death sentence noise. and you <laughs> said that he died. Honestly, I'm never gonna forgive you. I'm gonna demote you to special guest. No. <laughs> I'm not gonna promote Tom though.
1: <sighs> but you're gonna be the final host. Yeah, unless I do
2: anything bad in which case I'll need to demote myself. <laughs> There's going to be no hosts. The special guest cast. <laughs> okay, so, which e- was it this episode that Colin died as well? Um, no, that was episode three. No, the other one Yeah. Before. So, guess what, guys? Colin died. Um, <laughs> Spoiler for the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm demoting episode. myself. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Casey got up to episode four and then... Didn't notice that Colin had died. I guess that's yeah, just just by the way, well, he's in died the last
1: episode
2: as a flashback. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's sad. His his mum's sad. Um. And then in this episode, uh, Richie calls his mum, um, and. Uh, there's, like, a few occasions where he wants to tell his parents, but he, he doesn't, like, he doesn't have the heart to say. Um, was it this episode he goes back to the Isle of White, or is that the next one?
0: I think it's... I think it might be this one, actually.
2: Yeah, where he goes to... He goes to the... Yeah, it was. It was this one. Um, He goes to the the bar... Um puts on on the jukebox it's a sin by the pet shop boys (gasps) oh um and sort of meets this like old crush he has um and then this is the point where you see that his like mental state is starting to deteriorate a bit he's um like he, he tells that he's always loved him uh he's um uh it touched himself a bit um and was a bit uh made him really uncomfortable, but uh he obviously knew that there was something wrong. Um but he didn't want to but Richie didn't want to tell him. Uh goes he goes back to his parents, um and then doesn't say and at the end of this episode you're kind of left wondering how this is all going to turn out with Richie having to let his parents know at some point and the fact that he's clearly getting worse. Uh, So, yeah. Oh, before we move on to the next one, just going to say, the Stephen Fry-Rosco relationship, um, that has a very satisfying conclusion, where uh, Roscoe wheezes in Mrs. Thatcher's coffee. (laughs) Yeah, he goes for yeah. he goes for a quick urinate <laughs> He does.
0: I'd love to see what, what, what like happened after that.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thatcher, Margaret Thatcher, just like drinking the coffee and going, <laughs> "This is very nice." <clears throat> <laughs> 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 so, um. Before I keep droning on anymore, we've got the last episode, which is the finale, and oh boy, this was, uh, this was over the span of like several years and finishes in nineteen ninety one, I think. Um, and it's showing; it's essentially just showing Richie battling AIDS, and he's taking everything to boost his immune system. Um, he's like trying to live as carefully as he can. He's got his friends looking after him. Um but eventually, like everyone else he he succumbs to the disease and um then there's that, that hospital scene. Which, um oh, that hospital scene had great cinematography. I like the um yeah. I like the long shot down the corridor um of his mum walking uh, bit reminiscent of the Hill House episode six.
0: Yeah, I like that as well. I think with Richie, especially in this one, you start to sort of sympathise with him less and you know it could be kind of because of well, two factors I'd say. As you were mentioning about like his deteriorating state because of the because of AIDS. It could be due to that or at the same time you've got you know we'll come on to it, but the the massive conflict they have with his parents, especially his mum um mm. so like the fact that he can't openly come out to them or sort of explain the position he's in uh because he sort of fears that backlash, but I think that first of all, the fact that he admits to spreading like being aware that he has it but he keeps on sleeping with people and spreading it, yeah. I think that that's something that's questionable. And also just the fact that he doesn't tell them, like the fact that his parents only come, I think it was to talk about like what they're going to do at Christmas. And then they find out he's in hospital and it's then when the truth comes out. But I kind of, uh, I, I think it's a bit, a bit flawed what his judgment in this, like in relation to oh, these yeah. two things.
1: Richie's definitely a very flawed character.
2: Yeah. And then I guess you can make the argument for his friends as well, because um obviously when the, there's that scene where his mum's confronting Jill and uh it's like you led me on, you made me believe he was you were his girlfriend. I'd I'd never did that. Yeah, he was never gay or girl. Uh you you kind of think that Jill's the good person. But then you also think that like his friends are like, they didn't question him, like, spreading the disease and um, they weren't, like, angry at him for that. And I know it's, like, hard to, like, be angry at someone who's dying, but there was, like, sort of... You, 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 if you look at it, maybe they weren't as uh, harsh on him than they, as they should have been.
0: Yeah.
1: I guess the only that... thing you can do is someone that is dying, like... So
2: that it's just like yeah. it gives you moral ambiguity, which thank you, Russell T. How? <laughs> <laughs>
0: but in relation to his mom, I think that like Jill is sort of saying there's two things really that that she's done wrong. The first is just to complete an utter ignorance, and you see that scene where she's with that other woman who's sort of laughing at the fact that she didn't realise he was gay. <laughs> and, yeah. then, and then you also, I mean, this is obviously isn't just her. This is, well, not universal, but it's quite a common thing, especially at that time. It's something you also uh, see with Roscoe as well, but I'd say even more so. Just that shame that's attributed to, you know, being gay. And like, especially, I think that, that was sort of galvanized by this disease because you know it was often called the gay plague and uh you kind of see in this episode especially i, th- I can't remember who it is it might be richie saying oh this was the p- the perfect disease to come along and, co- mm. and sort of back up these suspicions that um a lot of you know these conservative parents have who don't necessarily support their children in that sense
2: yeah and then the, the episode just ends on this like awful conclusion um, where the so the mum uh, so the, so the mum's obviously like at the start meant to be the better of the two parents the dad's sort of like this patriarchal unsupportive father figure but when he realises that his son's dying he sort of gets kn- knocked into place and Realizes he should be supporting this kid, whereas his mum just turns into this like vengeful, like overprotective parent who, um, is trying to like diminish, uh, R- Richie's own like personal choices and his own responsibilities. Uh, she takes him back to the Isle of Wight and just refuses to let any of his friends see him. Um. Tells Richie himself that Jill's busy; she won't see you. And then Jill, Jill, and comes to the Isle of Wight and camps out at a B and B, um, and just waits on their doorstep to, uh, be let in to see him. And then ultimately, this this final scene where the mother comes out to say, "Okay, you've won." Oh, by the way, he's died. And it's just oh. He died, and she didn't let his friends see him. And worse than that, she was downstairs, and he was completely on his own. Mm.
1: That's like a, that was a real gut punch moment, especially <sighs> because she says like, "Oh, you've won. You can go see him." Oh, oh, oh!
2: He's dead. Lol. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> I don't like cry at TV shows, but like that was just that just left me empty. I was.
0: Yeah, I think How I may have cried
1: me? at episodes 3 and 5 <laughs>
2: yeah
0: and then the reaction you get from Jill like it is very harsh sort of blaming her for well he ba- she basically says that she's responsible for all of these people who've been infected uh, or she people d- like her at least but at the same time you you do understand where Jill's coming from you know she's yeah. obviously very emotional she- after hearing that
2: she was a lot more gentle than I would have been <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I
2: punch his mom so hard. <laughs> All my homies hate Richie's mom. <sighs> but
0: like, they kind of. There's a semi-redemption arc for Richie's dad. Like, I know. It's like, to be a bit more understanding. Like he. Yeah, he's, he's like because
1: he's like with the mummy's He's like our son is dying. Can you? Yeah. <laughs> Can you try and like comfort,
2: him? like in the in the hospital right, okay, he's... when uh he's well his dad just breaks down into tears and he's just like he's he's dying and the the mum's like slapping him and says just get up get get up you you don't want to she's it's like that that <laughs> shame that stigma I guess yeah, yeah.
0: get up stopping no, a I'd say this there's like quite a big disconnect established between Richie and his parents. And you really don't get, you don't see them that often. Like he doesn't really call her that much. There's like one moment where he sort of calls her out of the blue. And that's when he's, I think that might be when he's found out that Colin has AIDS or something like that. And then also there's kind of that spontaneous decision where he decides to go home, but then he makes the tea and then he, he leaves, uh, so you don't really, you don't really ever sympathize with them at all. Mostly just because you don't really get that much of a perspective of them. Whereas the other parents, um, I think it's very different because Colin's parents is, well, you only see his mom, but you know she's like really upset with the situation, and then you also see Roscoe's dad who, kind of, does a full one eighty, and um, he's kind of doing some active work to try and, you know, he's asking if he can be forgiven for, like, this prejudice.
2: Yeah, I yeah. really like that arc because he's shown as a very, like, conservative Christian at the start. Um, but then he he says that he went on and he just saw that, like, all of these people were just being locked away with no contact and being treated like like, I don't know, like animals or something, and he's just like uh you you obviously see that like the Christian side of him's like Well, this is wrong. <laughs> like they might yeah. be they might be gay and there's that whole thing there, but like they're still people and this is awful. Oh wait, I treated my son terribly <laughs> <laughs> So now when yeah. Roscoe appears he's like asking for forgiveness, and there's this shot as the, um, as the episode ends of like Roscoe going back to his parents' house, which kind of provides a little bit of optimism after the whole Richie sequence.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: which was nice.
1: It was nice. <laughs> it was nice. I agree. How nice would you say it was?
2: Nice out of nice. Wow, that's nice. It's
0: nice. <laughs> nice.
2: Okay,
1: do you want to give ratings?
0: <laughs> well, true. Well, to we've just, ve- like, quickly discussed some more like general things. Okay. Yeah. The, yeah like, so,
2: okay, soundtrack. I think something that's... Yeah. Soundtrack. I didn't notice the the score that much. <laughs> it kind of it was serviceable. Yeah. But the selection well, the of
1: songs used.
2: Yeah but the selection of music for the soundtrack from the 80s was absolute bop. Like, yeah. Uh great selection. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I really and, liked and all the colors. There were a lot of colors. Yeah.
2: There were. There were. <laughs> they were nice. A lot of colors. Was it just me or did it like did the colors um when he was when Richie was at his parents, did they become a bit more faded then?
1: Yeah, it was a lot more yeah. drab.
2: Well, especially in the Pink Palace, it's very vibrant and. Um... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think uh, <laughs> Russell T. Davis um, deliberately cast all the the gay characters with gay actors. So. Yeah. Um, and I really did like the performances in this, I especially like Jill, because I think she's quite a. Unknown actor. Like, it doesn't seem like she's been in that much, but I thought she, especially in that last episode with that confrontation scene, I thought she uh, handled that really well.
1: Yeah, that that was really good. And Collins' actor, who also hasn't been in that much. Yeah, you? yeah. I think all the performances were great. Yeah. Um. I I never wasn't sold on anything, and the emotions definitely came through when they needed to.
2: Yeah definitely i agree yeah um as we said the <laughs> cinematography especially in the final episode was uh was great um apart from that there wasn't like any like standout over the top um moments but there was no there were no shots that were jarring it was all very smooth and uh clearly quite well thought out um
0: yeah yeah I mean, I'd probably say that the style was quite a lot of sort of following characters. So I think, I, mean, this isn't just to do with the cinematography; it's also to do with the editing, probably. But like that mm-hmm. sequence with Richie, and I can't remember if it's the first or second episode where he's kind of talking about the fact that he doesn't think AIDS is really real, and um, oh yeah, I know that that's got like a very distinct style that isn't necessarily like there's not another sequence like that but i think as Tom was saying with the colors and all that it's it definitely is consistent with the style that he uses in scenes like that yeah hmm.
1: oh. i think it was really the writing that helped oh the writing was amazing
0: because I... really i'd say that like the plot itself apart from well like not much really happened in kind of the first three episodes, apart from the big reveals that someone has AIDS and then sort of dealing with that. But I think that that allowed for a lot of the th- themes and sort of the social issues to be more prevalent. Mm.
2: Yeah. Indeed.
0: <laughs> Indeed,
2: Areno. Um, it's a new word. You just make it up. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Slap like, guys. You witnessed the creating of a new word. (laughs) Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. But before you do that, you should go on over to entertainmentofexelence.weebly.com where you can find the list of all of our episodes in order of rating, which this will be added to because we're about to give our ratings. Yeah, um, we um, are. Unless you have anything else to say, that is, should render that no. whole transition useless. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it was great. So therefore, I'm looking at above our median of seven point five. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Hmm. What similar stuff have we got? Uh. Uh. story. House? I guess. Where is that? <gasps> Has it not been updated then? No, it hasn't.
0: <laughs> oh no. no. What?
1: what did we rate it? I think 8. That was
0: like low eight, maybe. One I
2: think. Eight point one. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um Well, I liked this better than Haunting of Hill House, I
0: think. Ooh. I mean you I think, I think you gave could... that the lowest. Yeah. Oh did I? Okay. Yeah. I
1: think it's as good as the Truman show, so I'm gonna go eight point four. Oh, damn. It was great drama and interesting political stuff, so there you go. 8.4. Take that. Nice.
0: <laughs> um. I'm going to give it 8.3.
2: Ooh. <gasps> Ollie, that's so much lower. Why would you do that? <laughs> I thought you said it was good. Ollie. Ollie. Sorry. Well, oh, I liked it. <gasps> More than the Truman Show, but I rated that the lowest at 8.1, so I'm gonna give it an
0: 8.2. Oh, give it a nice whole number of 8.3 <laughs> of mine. Look, I know,
2: I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'll give it so much lower. I'm not even gonna I talk to... It I'm
0: I not even gonna. We had a big spread for polar, but look at this spread, it's huge. I'm not even gonna
2: talk to you, Tom. <laughs> like yours is too much, too far away from mine. <laughs>
0: well can you be for actually doing tv shows do you think
2: this is better than polar though i don't know i feel like i'm not sure
1: i don't know if like polar polar isn't on there because it was like too highly rated that's why it's not on the hall of fame yet Mm. i don't know
0: it's right at the top but you can't see it because it's like above (laughs) the logo Oh, I can't
2: tell if Keely Hall's performance as Richie's mum was better or worse than Matt Lyricus as the villain. <laughs> 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 oh man. Okay. Okay. Next up we have. <clears throat> submission Spotlight. And as always, we have no Submission Spotlight. Please! <laughs> I might spam, like, some subs on Reddit, be like, submit to our podcast, guys, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because we're just not getting anyone, which is so sad. Maybe the viewers can. Oh, Ooh. if you have any form of entertainment, such as writing, music, or a short film, please do send it in via the contact form of the entertainment of Com website or through DMs on Twitter or Instagram, both of which are at EOV podcast. Alternatively, even if you just leave a comment or reply to a tweet, we will see it and we will include it in our next episode. Our submission spotlight runs for 10 minutes and we. We'll we'll give constructive criticism, and we will possibly feature you uh, for a quick interview if you wanted to. Which doesn't have to be live; it could be pre-recorded at the date of your choosing. Submit your submissions now. (laughs) Terms and (laughs) and conditions on radio. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I might just I might just clip that and use it next time because I can't be asked (laughs) to say the same thing every time. (laughs) Damn. Right. Recommendations. I mean, we're at fifty-five minutes. <laughs> if you like, yeah. If you can do it in can five we... minutes, yeah, yeah. Do it. Probably.
1: I watched Starship Troopers Ooh. because Disney got its new star thing for grown-up star. Uh, films and TV shows, uh, and it was good. It was fun. It had a really good special effects, actually. My favorite parts were definitely like the news sections where the satire could really shine through of this, like, fascistic military state. And it's just a really interesting film because of the fact that it takes, like, the complete opposite stance of the book. So the book is very pro military and actually wanted only veterans to be able to vote. So, uh, oh, (laughs) the, yeah, the movie actually. Like makes fun of that idea, and it's great. It, it uses a lot of like Nazi imagery. It's quite heavy-handed. Um, I think I think it's really enjoyable. It's not as I wouldn't say it's as good as some people say, but I definitely don't understand the people that say it's terrible. Uh, so yeah, good watch. Watch Starship good Troopers. <laughs> It's by the director of uh, Robocop, so you can expect that kind of satire stuff. Groovy.
0: You know? Yeah. Have you got anything, Ben?
2: No, I haven't, unfortunately.
0: Have you, Ollie? I do. (gasps) Uh, My recommendation is No Country for Old Men. And you might be wondering, (laughs) what? (laughs) We did an episode on that but It's actually the book. Oh, um, what? So we talked a bit about if I I can't really remember, but it is based on a book called Cormac, what uh, by Cormac McCarthy. Who um, it's it's very similar, um, because I read it thinking, you know, I liked No Country for Old Men, but I didn't love it to the extent that a lot of people did, and I think that it is quite a stylized film as well. Like a lot of the cinematography and kind of the aesthetic is, I felt was quite an important part to it, but also like a lot of the story as well was interesting. And I think that having read the book as well, a lot of, in the film, they develop quite a bit of the, the action sequences, but I think that the, like a lot of the dialogue in the book was very similar. The way that, he writes it because i've also read the road by him and in both of those he uses very minimal punctuation uh a lot of his um he uses like a lot of dialogue and then the other uh his descriptions are basically you know they they don't really use that many commas it's kind of just listing things uh, which really helps pre- present like a really vivid uh description of a lot of the situations. Um, the chapters are also structured quite interestingly because each chapter, I think there's 13, they each start off with kind of a internal mon, well, not internal, but like a monologue from one of the characters, Bell, who's like the, the retiring policeman. Um, and in the film, a lot of, like, they have to rely on him speaking in order to give, you know, he, especially in the latter half of the book, he is quite um, important because he's kind of meant to represent the degradation of society almost and sort of his his own disillusionment with it. So I think that um, it, I'd probably... I don't honestly know if I prefer the film or the book because they're so similar, but they're able to do... They both have different strengths and weaknesses, but it's definitely something I'd recommend if you enjoyed the film. Nice. Cool. Nice, nice. It's a pretty easy read as well, just because of that, like not much punctuation and like long cha- long sequences of dialogue and stuff.
1: <laughs> not much punctuation is what makes something easy to read. <laughs> I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> well, it's quite. I weird. guess
1: I'm not the English sh- student. Oh, darn. <laughs> Should have taken
0: English. Like, a lot. A lot of the sentences are just like this, and this, and this, and this. So it gets a bit monotonous, but it's...
2: Oh no, the English teachers would hate that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's not necessarily the the best grammatically, but the story's good. Nice.
2: Yeah. Well, I do have one thing. Tom, watch (gasps) The Clone Wars. The (laughs) film. The film from 2008. (laughs) Go watch it now. (laughs) Leave a comment in the chat saying watch The Clone Wars, Tom, if you want Tom to watch The Clone Wars. (sighs) Given we now have two viewers and one like. This (gasps) is spooky. And at this point, we are going to end the episode. So... um,
0: First we need to say what we're doing next week. Yeah, oh, ben. Well, I don't know ben. what we're doing next week. Guest. I mean, I'll let you we do We decided!
1: It. <laughs> next week, we're going to be doing the film uh, Us by Jordan Peele. Cool. The horror one. Cool. Stuff.
2: <laughs> oh, we've got two comments saying, watch The Clone Wars, Tom. Tom, you should watch The Clone Wars. I <sighs> guess I'm going to have to. And recommend it next week. So tune in for us and the Clone Wars next week. Alright, see ya. Alright, see ya.